0: Hello and welcome to episode number seventy-one of Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man, where I do the latest weekly news from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. And joining me is—I have a guest, Nick. I'm, I'm Nick
1: Carmilla, the sports writer for the Courier, and I'm just—I'm uh, just super pumped. I mean, we're—it's just—I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, Bill. I'm ready to talk.
0: All right, let's do it. So, we're going to start off with the NFL. While not a lot has happened throughout the whole offseason, so I figured doesn't hurt if we do our way too early predictions. So, Nick, who's your earliest, your way too early Super Bowl championship team to win? Well,
1: um... That's a that's a really good question. I'm kind of all over the place. I'd actually like to hear your championship prediction because I mean you're the you're the pro when it comes to this stuff. I feel like if I'm gonna give you an answer,
0: I'm gonna get you know heavily judged here. I don't know. Oh shucks. <laughs> um I I'm actually gonna go with the LA Rams. I still think with the the postseason success they had. I still think they have a very good chance at winning the Super Bowl for the 2022 NFL season.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's – I could go
0: along with that. I can go along Ooh, with that. Absolutely, okay.
1: Rams. You're kidding me? Yeah. I mean, number one, that's a great animal. That's a great animal to put a lot of faith in. Uh, I like the Rams. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. That's I'll probably put that up there in my, my top five picks.
0: All right. And if you ever want to give us your thoughts and opinions, you can always let me know on Twitter at BillmanSports and Instagram at BillmanSportsGuy. And do you have any? I. Nick, you could any.
1: also you could talk to me on Instagram as well uh, if you really want to. But you know, I'm just uh, I'm just a guest here on the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm St mm-hmm. underscore Nicholas underscore Twelve.
0: That's awesome. All right, and now to the NBA with the craziest. So if you guys recall last week, I talked about Kyrie Irving wanting to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. What has gone wrong with the Brooklyn Nets, Nick?
1: You know, it's, it's definitely, that's definitely a weird one. That's definitely weird. Because obviously Kevin Durant, I mean, spectacular player. You talk about on a performance level, it's crazy how you would even think of requesting a trade for that guy. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the thinking there, I, I don't
0: understand its complexity too well. The problem, the problem I still think mainly has to involve Kyrie. Now, if I have this stat right, I could be wrong. I believe he missed 130 games, or 127, and he's only played 103. If we go back to his first year, okay, he was hurt. He only played, I believe, 57, 64 games, right around the, before the the COVID happened, or the you-know-what. Then the next season, he disappears for two weeks, nobody knows where he goes, and then Felt like he needed to take a break due to what happened on January 6th, 2021. And then 2022, he basically goes on a battle with the mayor of New York for the you-know-what. and
1: You-you-know-what. You-know-what.
0: <laughs> and I feel like... And I just feel like Kyrie Irving has just left Kevin Durant out to dry, basically. Like, Durant... Now... I don't know if he can actually lead a team to the championship. I think he can, but sure. If we even look back during his days with golden state, but it's a whole mess in Brooklyn right now.
1: I I will say you're definitely, you're definitely right on all those points, especially when you talk about how much of an impact the pandemic made. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, we're not even just talking about this specific player, but we're talking about, you know, the entire sports atmosphere. It's crazy how much has changed since then.
0: And now there have been some signings. Dennis Garland's re-signs with the Cleveland Cavaliers on a five-year, $193 million deal. What are your first thoughts on this?
1: My, my first question is, because I, I don't really know exactly what the, the range is when it comes to these contracts. Is that, is that, is that a lot? Is that a little? I, I really wouldn't know.
0: $193 million. You can look at it in two different ways. It can basically be like a most for a player or or when I turn terms to most, the most expensive, I usually look at around 200 plus million. That would be probably the absolute most, but I would say 193 million is kind of right about there. Like it's about seven dollars short of like 200 basically okay
1: i think we're gonna join the nba here real soon i think that's what we're gonna do just get a contract (laughs) like that set up
0: (laughs) um garland i think he did a pretty solid job with cleveland i do believe garland can be a very good future piece as cleveland last season was one of my most surprising teams as of 2021, and I definitely expect them to keep building up because Cleveland could be back at championship glory, but my big question is when they won their two championships in 2016, and off the top of my mind, I believe it was 2004 or 03, they won it with LeBron James. My biggest question is, can they win one without LeBron James? That's
1: definitely a good question. I, I don't know. You're talking about one of the, one of the goats there. Uh, but, I, you know, I have high hopes. I have high hopes. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I do, too. The next one is Devin Booker re-signs a contract extension with the Phoenix Suns. Four years, $214 million. So, Devin Booker, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players of all time in the NBA. I truly believe the... The ceiling's still high for the Phoenix Suns. I definitely think he will win a ring with them. And they're few they're as they're currently in win now mode and with Booker locked up, this watch out for the Suns. They could be scary.
1: I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, like you said, it's kind of Devin Booker, you know, not a hugely popular player, definitely underlooked. And there's a, a lot of potential there, especially with the Phoenix Suns. Uh yeah, I mean he's gonna have some great chemistry on the court there.
0: And the next one, Zach Levine is back with the Chicago Bulls on a five year two hundred and fifteen max contract. Zach Levine, hundred percent deserves it Also one of the most underrated and unappreciated NBA players. i It's surprising how much he doesn't get talked about lately. and with with hopefully with the playoff window that could still be carried on with Chicago. Now, we'll, we'll keep talking about Chicago in a bit because they did make a couple more moves. But, Levine, this is a good start. They got their number one guy locked up at the moment, Nick.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Zach Levine, uh, just a, a star player, especially. You know, I, just that competitor attitude he brings into the game. I mean, it's fantastic. Once again, like like you mentioned, another underappreciated player.
0: Uh, yeah, that's
1: that's great that he's there.
0: And I did say we were going to keep talking about the Bulls. We are the First move they made, they signed Andrew Drummond to a two-year, $6.6 million deal. Now, Drummond, after the trade from the 76ers to the Brooklyn Nets, as he was part of the James Harden-Ben Simmons swap, Drummond averaged eight points. Uh, What do you think, Nick? What are your first thoughts on this?
1: Averaged eight points. And about him going to the Bulls. I you know that's it's it's tough to call. I'm a strong believer in every athlete especially when you're joining a team like that that there's I feel like there's just this new I don't really know how to describe it. Just this just this this new feeling that you get coming on to a, a fantastic team. I I honestly think that uh eight point I, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to call.
0: It's tough to call. All right. And with the Drummond signing, I, I love it that the Bulls are actually adding size because size is one of the big things I wanted to see the Bulls add because if we if we re, revisit back the Milwaukee series, while, yes, they also have dealt with injuries ever since the Grayson Allen incident, dadgummit, and also, if you compare Milwaukee to Chicago, Milwaukee had size. If, when you look at guys like Giannis, Bobby Portis, Chris Middleton. Compared to the Bulls, if we talk like big men size, all they really had was like Nikolai Vucevic and Tristan Thompson. And um, uh, who, what's his face? Derek Jones Jr. And that's that was really it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the mark there. I don't think there's anything more to say to that. Absolutely. Size is definitely a, a big factor.
0: And the last move the Chicago Bulls made they signed Gordon Dragic. I apologize if I, if I butchered it wrong. He signs a one-year deal, but in terms of money-wise, it is unknown at the moment. Dragic, while he was never the same after the 2020 NBA Finals, the way I look at it is it's a good depth piece for the Bulls, most likely a bench guy. Now, I'm sure some Bulls fans may remember I, I'm embarrassed that I don't remember the team that he was on, but Derrick Rose basically dunked on him back in 2010, and he's now a member of the Bulls. Uh, how crazy is that?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, to me, I, I that's a that's a player I'm definitely unfamiliar with, but Goran Tragic. I mean, that just that's a badass name to me. So I feel like he's <laughs> I think he's gonna make it just fine even though that the, the deal term is is unknown there. But uh, I don't know. That name is a little scary to me. So, All right.
0: And the last NBA move to talk about for this week, Zion Williams is signing his five-year, $231 million max deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm personally very shocked. I'm shocked that the Pelicans have actually locked down Zion Williams. Now, CJ McClellan, I, if I said it right, got traded away from the Pelicans to the Trailblazers. Now, the biggest thing I was thinking of is, was Zion going to stay loyal with them? And obviously, last season, he was injured, which in I was hearing some people on TV saying that he may not have looked the best in shape, so... Signing a $231 million max deal, my only questions are is, one, is he going to stay loyal with the Pelicans, or is he going to pull off a Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons 2.0, where they're like, oh, no, I don't want to play. Please trade me, and then trade it in a beat. And then then can he stay healthy? Because in his rookie year, he played 64 games, but then after that, he's really only played about half, or a quarter of the season.
1: Wow, okay. Well, I, you know, I didn't really know any of that. There's definitely a lot of unpredictability there. Wow, okay.
0: So you can always let us know your thoughts and opinions. And now on to Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball, the, while the Major League all Stars coming out, the All-Star starting selections have, ha- have been announced. For for the National League, for the catcher, it's Wilson Contreras. First base, Paul Goldschmidt. Second base, Chaz Chisholm, Chisholm, Chisholm Jr. I apologize for blastering it wrong. Uh, junior on the Marlins. Goldschmidt from the Cardinals. Contreras from the Cubs. Now for third base, Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres. Shortstop, Trey Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And for D.H., Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies. And for the outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants. And Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now if we go to AL, Alejandro Kirk of the Toronto Blue Jays. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays. Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros. Raphael Devers of the Boston Red Sox, Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox, Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels, and for the outfield, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan of the New York Yankees, and Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels. What are your first thoughts on these nick
1: well i would say there's definitely a lot of promising names on this list both in the national league and the al um i i personally in the national league i the name that sticks out the most for me is actually manny machado i mean i love manny machado man i i i've actually i have seen a couple of games where he's played and Ooh. that that name itself is it's just an, another one of those scenarios where I mean Manny Machado it just it's a, it's a fantastic name I don't know there's gonna be a lot of power behind that I'm telling you right now
0: yeah and even when Tatis Jr. comes back watch out for the Padres now is there anybody you thought that should have been an all-star or who you thought got left out
1: well, that's that's tough to say. There's so many names to pick from, and it's such an opportunity for for these individuals here who have been selected. Uh, I I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with this list. I'm happy with this list.
0: I can't complain about it too much. My biggest if that I I think my biggest question is: Is Bryce Harper still going to do DH? at the All-Star, because at the time, he's currently out with a broken thumb. I have no problem with Shohei being an All-Star, but I have a feeling he could he's probably going to get in as a pitcher, too. Now, in terms of DH, I mean, I don't have any problems, but, I mean, Jordan Alvarez, if we look at his numbers, Alvarez is putting up crazy good numbers. And for the, the outfield... Aaron Judge and Mike Trout, I have no issue, but my biggest issue is Giancarlo Stanton. Like, I get it. The Yankees are dominant, playing really good baseball. But with Stanton, he's hitting like around 250 with 20-plus home runs. Now, some outfielders I thought were left out is, where's Luis Robert? Where's Andrew Vaughn? I thought both of those could possibly make it to the all-star. So, and in terms of... NL outfield, while yes, I do think Ronald Acuna Jr. is all-star MVP kind of category, I feel like there could have been better options. My biggest left out, I would say, was Starling Marte of the New York Mets, as he's putting up a pretty solid season. And that's pretty much it for me. I would say for the NL, Starling Marte in the outfield. Now, for the AL... Not really so much DH, although Don Alvarez, he probably could have been in there, and John Carl Stan. I don't really agree with him being in the All-Star, as I feel like somebody like a Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, there were plenty other good options, in my opinion. And for the other Major League Baseball move is Aust- catcher Austin Barnes signs a two-year, $7 million extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So while the Dodgers are dominating, Austin Barnes, while this season he's actually kind of struggling, he has three doubles, no triples, four homers, 12 RBIs, he's hitting a 169 batting average, 299 OPS, 377 slugging, and a 636 OPS, and his OPS plus is at 78. While this may not be the best year for Barnes, I'm okay with them locking up as they're... It's probably like, hey, we'll give you two years. Let's see if you can improve because Barnes is a pretty good catcher, I would say. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is definitely an opportunity for him to get back some of those good statistics. Yeah. Okay.
0: And now to the NHL. With the draft recently over, here are the top 10 picks that were taken. Now, I usually... I would kind of know... When it comes to rookie draft picks, I only do 1 through 10 because it, it just seems more understandable than like 11 through up to the last round. It, it's all over the place. So at number one, the Montreal Canadiens take left winger Jari Slavoski. At number two, the New Jersey Devils take defenseman Simon Nemec. At number three, the Arizona Coyotes take center Logan Cooley. Now, this is the craziest one. At number four, the, the Seattle Kraken takes center Shane Wright. That is crazy that he's that he dropped all the way to number four. At number five, the Philadelphia Flyers take left winger Gauthier Cutter, if I said it right. <laughs> At number six, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who got this draft pick from the Chicago Blackhawks in last year's Seth Jones trade, they take defenseman David Jerkic. At number seven, the Chicago Blackhawks, which we'll mention them later, they got it in a trade involving the Ottawa Senators, they take defenseman Kevin Kornitschke, At number eight, the Detroit Red Wings take center Marco Casper. At number nine, the Buffalo Sabres take center Matthew Savoy. And at number 10, the Anaheim Ducks take defenseman Pavel Mintikov. So those are the draft picks from the top 10. It's too early to judge who's going to have the greatest career out of the top 10, but as the years go by, we'll see how they all pan out. Now, speaking of the Chicago Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks trade left-winger Alex DeBrincat to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for, obviously, this year's first overall pick, Kevin Kornitschke. At the number 39 pick, which is basically a second-round pick, they take center Paul Ludwinski and a 2024 third-round draft pick. Now, Nick, man, what are the Hawks doing?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 been really hard to watch. It's been really hard to follow for me because it is it is kind of disappointing. But you know, I still I still have a little bit of faith. I still have a little bit of faith that the Blackhawks team I watched just a couple of years ago is gonna reach the same amount of fame and expertise and just I mean significance with all these trades going on. But I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, Bill.
0: Now It's obvious the Blackhawks are being in a rebuild. Now, when I think of rebuild, you basically build around your top younger superstar players. Alex Debrinkit, who's a 24-year-old winger, has two 40-plus goal seasons under his belt. Hot take, I actually think he could score 50 goals. I think he's very capable at that. And you trade him for... A first round, a first round draft pick for this year. Like, obviously, weeks ago, there were reports that the Hawks turned down an offer, which was like two first round picks for DeBrinkit For me, this is one that I look and I go, that's it? Like you probably could have gotten more. Like, you're telling me you could not have took you couldn't have taken like one of the prospects that Ottawa had, like, Honestly, I still have faith in Kyle Davidson that he could get us through the rebuild and take us to the playoffs in Stanley Cup. But, geez, this is the first one I'd say, what was that, Kyle Davidson? And to add a quick note, I also look at this as Chicago was a bit more desperate for a first-round draft pick for this year. And, which we'll get to Duncan Keith in a bit. But there were also rumors at the time that he was going to retire and that the Blackhawks were getting a get cap penalized. So, overall, Alex Dobrynkit, if you're, if you're listening to this, thank you for, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in Ottawa, and I will definitely miss watching you play for the Blackhawks. I am definitely rooting for you in Ottawa. And now there were three former NHL players that have retired. The first one is actually Duncan Keith, who everybody remembers for for his first 17-year NHL career, 16 years with the Blackhawks, one year with the Edmonton Oilers. Duncan Keith, in his career, in the regular season, played in 1,256 games, 106 goals, 540 assists for 646 points. And in the playoffs, 151 games played, 19 goals, 72 assists for 91 points. And the awards, Duncan Keith, four-time All-Star, two-time Olympic gold medalist, a two-time NHL first All-Star team, and he also made the NHL second All-Star team in 2017. Conn Smythe in 2015, three Stanley Cups. He was a huge part of it. And it was also a two time Norris trophy winner. Duncan Keith, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, and congratulations to Duncan Keith. Now, does Duncan Keith deserve to have his number retired in Chicago?
1: Honestly, out of. Pure respect, and you know this is—it's—it's it's just crazy news to me because you know I've gone to a couple Blackhawks games myself. Uh, I haven't been to one in a really long time, but I remember seeing him on the ice. And I mean, just talk about a a committed and fantastic player. Duncan Keith is definitely up there. I I would say you're 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 absolutely right about being a Hall of Famer. Um, I I I would retire his number. I would retire his number. I, I wouldn't pass it on to anybody else because nobody can really fit those skates.
0: I 100% think the – I look at number two. Duncan Keith, it should be the one where nobody should be allowed to wear number two after that. Like, Duncan Keith was – I would also give a hot take for all the Chicago fans out there. Duncan Keith's the best Chicago athlete to wear number two. (laughs) But all jokes aside. Now, the next former NHL player to talk about, Pavel Datsuk. Anybody remember him? Magic Hands? Throughout his tenure with the Detroit Red Wings. Now, obviously Datsuk has not played an NHL game since 2016 as he spent the last four to five years in the KHL with SKA St. Petersburg and the, I apologize if I say this wrong, the Avtomolis Yatkenberg. It's a team in the KHL. You're
1: telling me you never heard of the uh, Avtomobilist jakkenberg
0: you never seen that before? I've yeah. actually never really yeah. seen it, to be completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of maybe one or two KHL teams, but not that one. I'm going to be completely honest. But Pavel Datsuk, in his career in the regular season, 953 games played, 314 goals, 604 assists for 918 points. And in the playoffs, 157 games played, 42 goals, 71 assists for 113 points. Pavel Datsuk, two time Stanley Cup winner with the Detroit Red Wings in 2002 and 2008, a four time All Star, a four time Lady Bing trophy, a three time Frankie J. Selke trophy. He made the NHL All Star second team in 2009. And I also forgot to mention this in Duncan Keith, but him and Pavel Datsuk in 2017, they were named as the 100 greatest. NHL players of all time. And Pavel Datsuk, he's definitely a Hall of Famer in my opinion. Now, even with Detroit, now 918 points and 953 games played. If I'm also going to be completely honest, I actually think Pavel Datsuk would have easily passed 1,000 points and 1,000 career games played had he not left the NHL back in twenty sixteen. But nonetheless, he's easily a Hall of Famer. You could debate if he's a first ballot or not. I truly believe he's a first ballot. So Pavel Datsuk officially retiring. How crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh once again, I mean, it's 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 interesting to just just to live in this moment where that's that's actually, you know, real, like that's happening. Because, you know, especially when you're putting him on the Putting him up there with Duncan Keith, it's it's just it's surreal to me. It's surreal to me. But once again, you know, another, another
0: really inspiring player. And the last former NHL player retirement to talk about for this week is Matt Molson. Now, Matt Molson, he was a former NHL winger for a while who played with the New York Islanders, Los Angeles Kings, Minnesota Wild, and the last ever NHL team he played for was the Buffalo Sabres. So Matt Molson, while he didn't really win any awards, he played in 650 games played, 176 goals, 193 assists for 369 points. And in the playoffs, just 16 games played, three goals, three assists for six points. So no awards, no Stanley Cups, unfortunately. Matt Molson, some people were laying him as a bust. Now, while he did have a 30-goal season under his belt, Congratulations on a good career to Matt Molson. Uh, wish him nothing but the best of luck in retirement, and and to even to Pavel Datsuk and Duncan Keith. So it's it's and even looking at now when you look at players like years ago, it's crazy to think that they've retired when when they haven't even played when they've played for like a really long time. It's it's just wild overall, to be completely honest. And now the last thing to talk about is NHL team, where I give out my, my overall season thoughts, reviews, and opinions on every NHL team. And for this week's NHL team, we're going to talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Yes, we're now going to hit California. So the Anaheim Ducks, they were a young team. So if we look at their goalie stats, John Gibson in 56 games played had a record of 18 26 an 11 with a 319 goals against and a 904 save percentage. Followed by Thomas Hodges in one game played. He only had one loss with a 311 goals against and a 667 save percentage. Followed by Lucas Dotzel in four games played. Had a record of 1-2-0 with a 298 goals against and a 907 save percentage. Followed by Anthony St- Stalwertz in 28 games played had a record of 12, 8, and 3 with a 267 goals against and a 917 save percentage. And if we take a look at their top five point producers and sometimes honorable mention, I sometimes do the honorable mention just in case if any player got tied. And we do have a tie for third in points. So their leading goal scorer was Troy Terry. In 75 games played, 37 goals, 30 assists for 67 points. Followed by Trevor Zegras in 75 games played, 23 goals, 38 assists for 61 points. Adam Henrique in 58 games played, 19 goals, 23 assists for 42 points. Cam Fowler, 76 games played, 9 goals, 33 assists for 42 points. So those were the two ties. Ryan Getzlaff in... In 56 games played, three goals, 34 assists for 37 points. Now to officially round the top five, Sonny Milano or Son- yeah Sonny Milano in 66 games played, 14 goals, 20 assists for 34 points. So, questions I got for Anaheim is what are the next steps? Because right now, looking at guys like like Troy Terry. Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegras, The future is bright, and hopefully Ryan Getzlaff was a good teacher. And to, to basically like teach him how to be very successful NHL players. And my next biggest question is who's there going for the future with reports that John Gibson may want to request a trade, and it may just be a change of scenery for him. Now, do does Anaheim rely on Anthony Stolraz or do they give guys like Thomas Hodges or Lucas Dotsal a shot? So those are my biggest questions. What are your thoughts, Nick?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I would say, I would say the the Anaheim Ducks, I mean, they just gotta, they gotta really watch what John Gibson's thinking about. I mean, I I think he's a very important player of the team, and obviously, I mean, if you're, if you're, if your goalie is not doing so well on the ice, you're gonna have serious problems, but... I, th- I think you're right about uh, Stolarz and Dostal. Um, there's definitely there's definitely, some serious potential there, but I think John Gibson, he's an intricate part of, of what's going on in the Ducks.
0: Now, whether they trade him or not, I do think Stolarz could be a pretty good piece for them in the future. And now, for Dostal and Hodges, yes, they only played, like, Hodges only played one game and Dostal only played four. So it's a really small sample size. While Stolras, he's played 28 games, but these are sample sizes for now. Like, we got to see how they do in about half, and actually adding on to Stolras, he's played 62 games so far in his career, Uh, also from the Philadelphia Flyers. But right now with the small sample sizes, I would just like to see how the other three pan out. In a full season, whether John Gibson is, is or is not on the roster next season. And with Ryan Getzlaff retiring, I the other question is, who is their next captain? Because right now, I'm looking at guys like Cam Fowler, Trevor Zegres, or Troy Terry. Or even, yeah, I'm looking at those three who I think could be the next potential for the next Anaheim captain,
1: I, I think I think you're right there. I think those those three those three names, yeah, I, I would say they have a lot of potential to be the next captain for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. So for a quick summary, for the NHL, we talked about Alex DeBrincat getting traded. What the heck, Chicago? What were you thinking? <laughs> um, Duncan Keith, Matt Molson, Pavel Datsuk retiring. Are those three Hall of Famers or are they not? We talked about the top 10 draft pick, or I mentioned the top 10 draft. I did a quick recap for Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball All-Star Selection starters have been announced. Question I got for you all is, should they allow fans to vote for pitchers? Because I find it crazy that we can vote for position players with, like, no problem. But pitchers, I feel like it's it's sad that they don't, they don't get any voting love. Austin Barnes signs a two-year extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers. For the NBA, Kevin Durant requested a trade. How would this badly affect the Brooklyn Nets if this happens? Dennis Garland, Devin Booker, Zach Levine. Basically, signs and extensions have happened. And for the NFL, are way, way too early <laughs> offseason predictions. Well, basically... Our early Super Bowl champion. So, for Nick, where can they find you in terms I'm of social uh, media?
1: <laughs> I'm uh, on Instagram, ST underscore Nicholas underscore 12. I'm also the sports writer for The Courier. So, if you want to just search up my name, Nick Carmia, on The Courier uh, at COD, that student newspaper, you can find just two articles that are written there, but there's obviously more to come. Creating some uh, really cool video projects to promote our athletic program, but uh, this is episode seventy-one. I'm on episode seventy-one, of the Bill Man the Sports Guy's podcast, and I want to. Pre- I appreciate you having me on, man. This was this was a good time. I- I've learned a lot here. I
0: honestly learned a lot. <laughs> yes, and for quick thing for me, you can always let me know your thoughts and opinions on Twitter at Bill Man Sports and Instagram at Billman Sports Guy, and. Nick, thank you for joining. It was excellent teaching you and you all some of the some facts here and there about the sports podcast. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 71 of Bill Man the Sport Guys Podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Stay tuned for episode number 72. Peace.